Have you ever felt the immense pressure of societal beauty standards and struggled with the stress of body image? Have you ever wondered what it would be like to nourish your body and soul with a compassionate approach to food, exercise and self-care instead of following restrictive diets and punishing routines? Are you ready to break free from the cycle of self-judgment and comparison, challenge the prevailing norms and instead cultivate self-acceptance, self-love and body peace? Join me after the intro for a conversation with a very special friend with whom we will answer this and many more questions. Stay tuned. Do you feel stuck in your life? Do you feel unhappy but not completely sure what that is? Do you hold a grudge towards someone for something they did which affects you and the way you live your life? Have you ever told someone I forgive you, but in reality you were not completely over what happened. Why is this so difficult to truly forgive? How do we forgive? And can anything and anyone be forgiven? Hi, my name is Rosanna D and I'm the host of the Forgiven Tribe Show. This is a safe and not judgmental place for sharing opinions and challenging experiences where the practice of forgiveness helped individuals to get unstuck and create a much more fulfilling life than they had before. Join me in this exciting journey to unveil how you too can have the life you deserve. Simply click the subscribe button below to receive notification about future episodes. To the Forgiven Tribe Show. In the last few years, I've been feeling my body shifting and aging rather quickly. It happens to everybody. Sooner or later, you wake up, see yourself in the mirror, and the image reflected back is a far cry from the one you used to have and perhaps love. Wrinkles, sagging skin, shifting weight, gray hair, they all make us very much aware of time passing. An unfortunate byproduct of getting older. As inevitable as it is in the youth-obsessed culture we live in, where the more mature a woman gets, the more the pressure, the outside world forces us to look for every possible way to feel, look, and act as young as possible. Growing older is not easy, and is still considered an inconvenience at best. While body stress and societal beauty standards are commonly associated with teenagers and young women, the reality is that women of all ages can be affected by these pressures. So today we embark on a journey to free ourselves from the relentless roller coaster we often put ourselves in and embrace a more compassionate and powerful way of living and aging. While acknowledging the challenges, insecurities and emotional toll that meeting societal beauty standards can inflict upon us, we want to explore how we can break free from the body obsession, stress and shift our focus towards a compassionate approach that nourishes our bodies and soul. And we dive into this topic in a conversation with today's guest, Nina Manelson. Nina is a body peace coach. She helps people and the world with food and body and finally feel truly at home in their body, just as it is. She is known for her deeply feminist, anti-diet, body peace approach. Her body peace work helps people get off the diet roller coaster 
and into a compassionate and powerful way of eating and living, which creates a positive, long-lasting change in and with their bodies. Her courses, coaching and poetry, positively change the conversation that women are having with their body. Hi, Nina. Welcome to the Forgiven Try Show. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Oh, Rosanna, it is absolutely my pleasure to talk to you today. And there's something you said that was so important. You said, you know, often we associate disordered eating or eating disorders with young women. But there's a psychologist, Margot Main, and what she talks about is that there's actually two times where women are most vulnerable to disordered eating, which disordered eating is that feeling of, oh, you know, should I control what I eat? What diet am I, should I be on? Maybe I can't eat this and I can't eat that and I can't eat this and I feel bad about what I just ate. It's that war that we have with our body. That's that disordered eating, that when I eat, I feel shame. So she talks about there are two stages in our life as a woman that we're most susceptible to disordered eating, which can lead to life-threatening eating disorders. Or it just, as a disordered eating behavior, just makes us feel bad all the time. But one is that moving into fertility, young women, because our bodies are changing, dramatically changing in a way that is natural to gain 20, 30 pounds so that our body can actually do that shift into fertility. We get curves, we get more subcutaneous fat. We have to get our body ready for fertility. While at the same time, our culture says, no, 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 no. You should look like what you looked like when you were 11. Don't be changing. And our culture comes at us heavy hitting, sexualizing young girls whose bodies have just changed. So that's one time where we're super vulnerable. But there's another time that often we don't talk about. And that is the time coming out of fertility. Perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause, when again, our body is doing a very natural process of big change. Big changes are happening because we're moving out of a period where we need to support a baby in our body. And so there are going to be natural changes. But again, our society goes, oh, no, no, no. You should look like you did when you were 18. Or when you were, I don't know, 21 and fit into those skinny jeans, right? So there's so much pressure on women. And it's very important if you're in that stage in your 40s, in your 50s, where you're like, oh, what's happening to my body? And there's that feeling of discrepancy to realize like it's not just, oh, I need to go on a diet. This is a time where actually my relationship with my body, and I say that very deliberately, it is a relationship that we are having with our body. My relationship with my body is in a vulnerable stage. And it is a time where I need to focus on it. Just like if I was having problems in my marriage, right? I want to get support. I want to get help. I want to get therapy so that I can have a healthy, strong relationship that lasts the duration. The same is true with our relationship with our body. I absolutely love what you're, what you're saying, because it's true. I mean, we are so much affected by all the pressure uh, around us, and particularly when we are in that phase of perimenopause that is already stressful per se. There are all these yeah. 
this cocktail of hormones <laughs> going on in yes. our body. So we need to deal with all that pressure already. And then there is the sense of comparison, the, the yes. social media bringing all the images uh, of, of these beautiful ladies in uh, their 50, 60, 70, 80. Yes. There are a number yes. of, uh, uh, of, of ladies, I mean, uh, actresses. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I looked at Jane Fonda the, the other day and, uh, yes. and she's younger than uh, she has ever been. Well, and it, right, we think about Martha Stewart just being on the cover of um, Sports Illustrated, right? And it's also important, so we've got these beauty ideals that are so lofty. That's the, and the beauty ideal fits on the size of a postage stamp, right? So you have like this tiny chance of fitting into our culture's beauty ideals. And it's important to understand, like I agree with Marco Main 100%. There's a vulnerability that happens, perimenopause, menopause, but there's also vulnerability that happens because we're being fed this message that our body is only acceptable if at 80 something, we feel comfortable being on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Again, like, you know, Martha Stewart can do whatever the heck she wants. She's a powerful woman. It's her body, your body, your choice. And it really sets a uh, painful standard for our culture that, oh, this is what beauty should look like. So we're vulnerable because of our society and we're also vulnerable because of our life story. Many women have had cancer, right? And so their breasts are different or their breasts are replaced or they don't exist or we've had illnesses or after we've had kids, our body really changed. So all of these ways that our body becomes that don't fit into that tiny postage stamp size of beauty that our culture says that's how you're supposed to look it sets us up for a war with our body and it sets us up for what i call body management and body management is that oh gosh it's sunday night what diet am i starting tomorrow oh it's tuesday night and i've already failed Ugh, i'll just eat everything i'll start again on thursday right Oh, there's a new book with a new diet. Let me try that one. Oh, my girl, all my girlfriends are going on Weight Watchers. Let me do that. That's body management. That sense of I need to be in control. I'm going to get really tight about it. I'm going to get really aggressive with my body. I'm going to bully my body into submission so that it looks like this ridiculous postage stamp size of beauty. And the reality is, and this is so important, the reality is, is that body management doesn't work and if we think about it this way right if you're with anybody a pet a sibling a child a parent and you constantly boss them and manage them what are they going to do they're going to be like no right Our, the rebel shows up they're like don't boss me don't tell me what to do right Our their autonomy their, their actual human nature of wanting autonomy bubbles to the top and there's pushback. And that's exactly what happens with our relationship with our body. We're getting all aggressive with her. We're getting all body management. And she's like, I'm not eating that. I'm going to eat whatever the heck I want to eat. I'm going to do what I want to do. And then we're like, oh my gosh, I'm out of control. What am I going to do? I feel so terrible. Something's wrong with me. I'm broken. I can't figure this out. And then we feel shame and we feel bad and we don't show up in the family pictures. We hide in the back. 
behind a kid. We don't go to that social engagement because, oh my gosh, there's going to be women we're comparing. We don't go to the reunion because, oh my gosh, I didn't, don't look like I did. And we shut down our engagement with life. So to come back to this idea of we have a relationship with our body, if that relationship isn't a good one, we actually limit our pleasure of life, our enjoyment of life, our engagement with life. I'm smiling because everything you just said really rings a bell with me. And I, it made me remember of an episode when I was during a party and I was standing by a wall and a friend of mine came to me saying, Susan, I think the wall stands on its own with you supporting it. Yes. It was painful to hear that, that other people were noticing that I was yes. withdrawing from the rest of, uh, of the party. But, but it's yeah. true. It's absolutely true. May I ask you, when did you realize that this was a, an important Point. And in particular, did you have a point in your own personal journey where you realized, oh, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm doing this kind of thinking or perhaps I... Yeah, absolutely. So the, the reason that I do body peace work, right, the reason this is my passion, I've been working with women for 30 years to help them create a relationship with their body that, that feels supportive and caring and nourishing and respectful and positive and sustainable is because I was the expert at body hate and body war. I really was good at it. Every mirror I went by, I was like, oh, really? My thighs? That's what they look like? Right? Oh, I'd go to any pool, and I'm a swimmer, so I'd go to any pool, any beach, and I'd be like, oh, my stomach isn't as flat as there. It was constant compare and despair is what I call it. You compare yourself to somebody else and then whoosh, down the slide and depth into the muck of despair. So I was constantly in compare and despair. And I was constantly, I, I, I don't even, not willing to even say out loud how many years I did Weight Watchers over and over and over again. And every other diet under the sun. Because I was like, if I could just be thin, if I could just fix my body, if I could just make my body look the way I saw growing up in 17 magazine, then I'm acceptable, then I'm worthy, right? It's that idea that our weight and our size equals our worthiness. And it got to be so painful for me that I was like, there's got to be a different way here. And so my journey, my personal journey also became a professional journey. I became a therapist. I became a body worker. I worked with women and their to feel really comfortable, safe, and be able to relax in their body. And then I went back and became a health coach. And then I wove those together, right? Those pieces of how is this relationship with our sense of well-being, with our emotional life, with our sense of just how does our life go? How do we create a sense of feeling like this is a good place to live, this body of mine? I am in this body we don't have to be you notice I don't call my work body love that's often like too aspirational like I don't need to and I tried I literally tried 10 years in the mirror Louise Hay I love my body and all my body did was like laugh hysterically at me because she knew that wasn't true so it's not like we're trying to convince ourselves to love our body because again 
it's just like this ridiculous goal that's insurmountable. But we can be in a relationship that feels like a good relationship, any good relationship. We have days that we're like, oh, I feel all that. And there's days like, oh man, that hurts, right? Or, oh, I, you know, that's not how I wished it looked, but this is my body, right? We come more into a place of compassion, more into a place of allyship with our body, partnership with our body, really listening to our body. Because what we've been trained as women is how to not listen, right? When I talk to women, even not even my clients, but my friends, how are you? What do I get first? My kids are this way, my partner's this way, my mother's this way, my father's this way, my pet's this way. Oh, and I'm like, and you? Oh, me, right? So we forget, we put ourselves on the back burner. And so for women to say, yes, my relationship with myself will change the way I feel in my life is the place we want to focus. So where do you, do you start? How do you reframe that relationship? Yes. From, uh, I need to love this body into something. Well, you know, this is my body. And yes. today feels good. Yesterday didn't feel that, that well. How can yeah. you frame? Yeah, I love that word that you use, Rosanna, which is reframe. Because one of the first things we want to do is actually reframe it as a relationship. Because so many women treat their body like it. I call it living next door to your body. It over there, that body of mine next door, it should go to the gym. It should eat more vegetables. It should eat less. It, right? No, right? That's a objectified relationship. The philosopher Martin Buber talks about I and thou relationships and I and it relationships. The I, it is that thing over there. It doesn't feel very good. It's not engaging. It's not an actual relationship. It's an objectification. So the first thing we want to reframe is this is a relationship and I would like it to be an I and thou. Me and you, body, we're together. Let's do this thing together. What do you need? So the first thing we want to do is go, okay, this is a relationship. And just like if you were sitting in a in my office or in a therapy office with a with your partner and the therapist would be like tell me a little bit about your relationship you would start to unpack you would start to unpack this is how my relationship is gone this let me tell you a little bit about my body story this is where i learned right when we're in couples counseling with our partner where did you learn how to be in a relationship What were the examples that you had from your mother and your father about how to be in relationship? It's one of the things we want to unpack in our relationship with our own body and food. Where did we learn this? And many of us learned how to be in relationship with our body from diet books, from social media, from blogs, from our mother dieting their whole life, from our gym teacher yelling at us to, in my case, get up that scratchy rope in gym class, which I never could do, right? So we want to be looking and start to really questioning, where did these messages come from? Because what we learned was we aggressively learned how to manage our body. 
That's what we learn. And so important to shift out of that aggressive management model into we're talking, we're listening, we're having a positive relationship. Can we just say that diet per se is not really the problem? I mean, there are situations where the overweight can be unhealthy and, and therefore there, there must be some, some step that is perhaps taken in, in, uh, in that sense. But it's the yo-yo dieting that is, uh, is wrong, is uh, accepting, okay, there is a situation that perhaps needs addressing, but I need to do it in a, in a compassion, as you say, in a compassion manner, rather than, oh, I tried this for three weeks, and if it doesn't work, I, I take one week off, and then I try uh, the, the nad, another uh, diet or another... I don't know if it makes sense. There's so much to unpack in what you said, Rosanna. I, I, I'm, I'm saying this from someone that has been overweight all their, all, all their life. So, um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me, let me just unpack a few things. And I'm going to go backwards. So one of the things you said was the danger of, a, of roller coaster dieting. Absolutely, right? When we go up and down, the most common outcome, and this comes from research, the most common outcome of dieting is disordered eating and weight gain. So every time we go on restriction, I'm not going to eat this anymore. The most common thing we're going to do in response, in reaction to that restriction is to eat more and to create a disordered relationship with our life, with our food and our body. So that's one piece. But then I want to reel back to something you said in the beginning, just right away, the word overweight, right? Who gets to decide? Right? When we look at metrics like the BMI, body mass index, or the charts at the doctor, those were created by insurance companies. Those were designed for something completely else, not for human beings, and mostly designed around men, not women. So one is to really start to question that word overweight, because as soon as we say overweight, oh, there's something wrong with me. Mm. Another way to think about it is I've lived in a large body my whole life. Other people live in small bodies their whole life, right? Let's get rid of the judgment language right away. Okay, so then if we let go of the overweight label, because that's what it is, right? Oh, you're overweight, so now you're supposed to be perfect weight, like as though there's some perfect weight. Because, and this is an important concept to look at, which is we all know people who live in small bodies that are not well, right? They have high blood pressure or their blood sugar is a mess or their joints are a disaster or whatever the thing. We all know people who are in small bodies who are not well. And we also know people in large bodies who are very well. They are strong. They're the ones who have the stamina. They're the ones who, you know, never get a cold. So to label, oh, if you live in a large body, you are unhealthy, is a disservice. It's a disservice to us actually taking care of our body at whatever weight we are. And I want to pull those two things apart, taking care of our body and losing weight. It's really, really important to pull those two things apart because when we're losing weight, we're on a path that has a very, very, very poor rate of statistics that of success, P very poor rate of success. In fact, the statistics are 
95% of people who go on a diet gain their weight back, if not more in two to five years. And we've all seen it, right? We've all, or done it. I did it, right? Oh, I've lost all this weight. Now I've gained it all back and more. Oh, I've lost all this weight. Oh, I've gained it back and more, right? We've, that's the roller coaster. So if we want to unhook from this place of, okay, I want to be healthy, so now I have to lose weight and let go of the lose weight thing. Let's go. I want to feel good, right? How do you want to feel good? Do you want to be able to walk farther? Do you want to have lower blood pressure? Do you want to have a more stable blood sugar? What do you want? Because when we put weight in front of that, we don't get to the rest because weight, losing weight is a losing battle. It doesn't, it's not sustainable. And by the time we reach 40, 50, we actually have enough wisdom to go, you know what? These short fixes, I don't know that I want to keep doing them. And I talk to many women who end up in my sessions with me who are like, I've done all the diets. I am done. I cannot do one more diet. And yet I don't feel like I'm taking good care of myself with my body. So how do I shift into supporting my body without doing the diet? road because that diet road all it does is cycle back to hate shame and another diet and it's so important to unhook and go okay i'm going to go a different way my suggestion of course is body peace because it's sustainable and it creates a supportive paradigm for us to be on our side on our own behalf we are acting we are eating we are behaving in a way where we are on our side, not fighting ourselves, because that just feels bad. It's so interesting. I actually realized how damaging the words we use can be. And it's not just society is pushing upon us images of unattainable standards. Actually, they are teaching us how to define certain things and what sort of words we should use in, in those situations. Yes. Uh, thank you for pointing that out, because uh, obviously it's so radicated in our culture that yes. to me it was normal to say, well, I'm overweight. Well, you're yeah. right. I, I'm not being compassionate towards myself and, and my body. So right. where do we start there? So one of the things you just said there, which is, oh, I realize how damaging culture is. And also, Rosanna, you said, um, I realize that's not a very compassionate thing to say. Oh, I'm overweight, right? It's almost like, let me apologize for my body. And let me actually start this like sort of internal dig at my body. Oh, I'm overweight, right? So where we want to start is creating more compassion. Right? We want to create a conversation with our body and our food. Right, One of the programs that I lead is compassionate eating. How do we be in a kind and caring relationship with our food and our body instead of one that is aggressive? In fact, there was a client I had when we were unpacking her relationship with her body. And she said, and we were talking about this idea of relationship. And she said, wow. I don't think I would tolerate anybody else treating me this way. This is like a really toxic relationship. She was like, 
oh my goodness, I've been in a toxic relationship for 30 years. And that was the truth, right? She wouldn't tolerate anyone else talking to her that way, bossing her around that way, shaming her all the time, having her really hide herself all the time. She wouldn't do it, right? And yet that's what we do to ourselves. So one of the things we want to do is create this conversation of compassion. And there's a very powerful tool that I have on my website. There's two actually, but one of them is a journal, Practicing Body Peace. And it's a great place to start because on it are 20 questions that I would ask you if you were sitting with me in a session. Plus, there's some of my body poems on there, my body piece poems to support you to really think about how am I talking to my body? What am I saying? How am I saying it? So that's one place that I really encourage people to go is to bodypeacewithnina.com, which is all one word, and get that journal. And there's also a free masterclass. And how we talked about these kinds of relationships we have with our body, right? The body shame, the body hate, the body management. There's other relationships that we can have with our body. We're only taught as women specifically to have a negative managing relationship with your body because that's how we're taught. This is what's going to make you feel better. You just get more in control, more willpower, more aggressive. But we know that doesn't work. And so in the Body Peace Masterclass, there's, we go into the other kinds of relationships that we want with our body, right? A compassionate relationship, a caring relationship, an allied relationship. What does that actually feel like? What does that look like? Because when we can feel body peace, we're much more ourselves, right? There was a, a client I had uh, who we worked together and she started to feel really like, oh, I have let go of the obsession of the scale and the points and the grams and the all of the things. And she's like, suddenly I feel like I have my brain back. Like I have space. And she was working in corporate, um, in the corporate environment. And she went back to a very prestigious business school and got a huge promotion and was willing to be more visible and more seen and talk in public, right? And that's her story. But the, the concept of that which is we get ourselves back and we get to choose how we want to show up in our life. And it's important because honestly, we have more important things to do than obsess about what we just ate, right? The world needs us desperately and us being focused on, wait, how many ounces of that? I ate too much. That does not serve the world. You know, we talk about, we, well, you use the word relationship talking about our bodies, but there are, physical relationship with other people that also may affect the way we think and yes. talk about our, our bodies. So, for example, very often we think that we have to be on that strict diet or that very strict uh, exercise regime because of our partners, so because we have to look in a certain way for them rather than for ourselves. How important yes. is to separate these two things? So, the way I want to um, there's a couple of ways I want to answer that question. And one of them is uh, through a poem. So I write body piece poems. And one of the things that really impacts our relationship with our body is sexuality, mm -hmm. right? I'm, oh my gosh, I'm going to get naked. 
and then they're going to see my body. And then they, what, they're touching my tummy. Ah, it's too big. So I write poems. I've written body poems for many years now. And I write them to really change the, voca change the vocabulary that we have. And also to shine a light on some of the dynamics around food and body that we don't talk about. So this particular poem, and I'll just be very vulnerable here. This is, uh, many of the body poems I write are my story. This one absolutely is. So this one is called, Don't Touch My Belly. We were in bed together, touching all the places for delight. But out of my mouth came, don't touch my belly. And I moved his hand away, away from the part of me that I thought was too big, too much, not flat enough, not appealing. My mind that had been seduced into sensation was suddenly trapped in self-criticism. Self-consciousness took me out of my body. I lost my experience of aliveness. I lost connection to my mate, to the moment, to myself. Society's absurd ideals of what is sexy got into bed with me. I want to say, I now say, get the hell out of my bed, out of my body. This pleasure is mine. This belly is mine. And then I put his hand on my belly because that's sexy too. Oh, that is so beautiful. Thank you so much for gifting us with this uh, poem. I think a lot of people can really see themselves saying the first few verse. And perhaps we yes. have all done it. Uh, so, you know, yes. we are in that situation where you say, oh, I don't feel comfortable, you know, exposing this part or that part. So, uh, yeah, yes. that, that really shows the, the compassion towards uh, every single aspect and, and part of our own body. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. You're so welcome. And it's really important to shine a light on the impact of our body image right how we feel about our body on our intimate relationship because often it breaks the connection we're so in our head we're so in self-consciousness we're so in shame that we don't allow ourselves that intimacy we don't allow ourselves that pleasure and we don't allow ourselves to be adored and loved the way we deserve because i hear so much like oh no i'm going to be criticized i'm going to be shamed and if you're with somebody who's critical and shaming, ouch, that's something to really look at because the person that you are intimate with needs to be that like, oh my gosh, you are all that. Every single cell, every single role, every single little line of cellulite is gorgeous because you are beautiful and you are also your body, but so much more, right? Because we're not loved just because we're in this physical package. And if you are, ah, run, because that package is not going to stay the same, right? We are all aging. As my mother, who's 91, says, if we're lucky, we're aging, right? So we're all aging and our body is going to change. So really, how do you want to be in relationship? Again, we're coming back to a relationship with yourself so that you can be fully present in those relationships. And I also want to say that when we do our own work about our relationship with our body, it impacts everybody in our sphere. 
it impacts the other women when women are like, oh, what diet are you on? Or what are you doing? You're like, you know what? We talk way too much about diets and foods. What do you think about, I don't know, the quality of our water? What do you think about world politics? What do you think about anything else? What are you feeling? What are you reading? Way more impactful. So when we shift out of it, we impact the women in our life, but we also impact the next generation because they are watching. They are watching you as you get dressed. What do you say to yourself in the mirror? Oh, these jeans are too tight. I should lose weight. Oh, my butt is too big in this. Oh, do these pants make me look fat? They are watching and listening and they are internalizing what you say to your body as the way to be in relationship with the body. So when you do your own work to heal your relationship with food and body, you are making a difference to the next generation in a big way. Oh, I love that. Absolutely love that. And as we were mentioning just before starting, I started noticing how my little niece, just eight year old, is noticing and paying attention to airbrush girls and uh, advertisement and this kind of thing. So obviously yeah. that is a, a very important point. But there is something that made me think that you, that you said that very often is just our idea that we are not beautiful enough or that part is just to be. Perhaps our partners don't even notice or, or people around us don't even notice. So it's more a problem for us than, than for them. But we take them as responsible. Often, yeah, often that is true. They, they're like, what? You know, I remember when, <laughs> when my butt was getting wider and I looked in the mirror one day and I said, I'm like, my butt's getting wider. And my husband was like, and the problem with that would be what? Like, he was like, I don't get the issue here. Like, like, okay, great. So there's more. Fantastic. Like, even better, right? Like, what they're thinking and what we're thinking are very, very different. And one thing I want to come back to that you said that's really important, Rosanna, you said it's our ideas. Yes and no. We got those ideas somewhere. Just like your niece is looking at that airbrushed image she's getting the ideas of what her body's supposed to look like from that image. So it's very powerful to go, wow, I wonder how much airbrushing they did for that image. Oh, I wonder how much how many filters are on this image on Instagram, right? Is to really call out our society. And within us, when we hear that critical voice, where did I learn that? Where did that message come from? Because usually it came from a 78 billion with a B, $78 billion diet industry. So every day, billions of dollars are coming at women, men too now. They're coming at us saying, your body is not okay. You should fix our body, your body. And in fact, you should buy our new weight loss product in order to fix your body. You should do our new extreme, you know, challenge blah, blah, blah thing in order to fix your body. Mm -mm. No, right? Coming back. What do I know about my relationship with my body? Is my body, do I need to work on this relationship, right? I just spoke to somebody who became a new client yesterday and she said, I, she just gotten out of a marriage for 20 years and she said, oh my gosh, I realized I've internalized all of the judgment that was in that marriage. 
And, you know, she said, my, I, I, she said, I said to my sister, I need to talk to Nina. And her, her sister said, no, you don't. You know, you just, just get over yourself. Like, you're fine. And she was like, if I could, I would. But those messages that I got in my culture that were reinforced in a relation, in a marriage that was not positive are so ingrained, I believe it. It's really hard for me to actually shift out of the shame. I need help in this relationship, just like we would if we were having a problem, you know, with one of our kids would be like, let's go to therapy. Let's get some counseling. Let's get some support here. We deserve support with our relationship, with our body and our food as well, because it doesn't. And this is so important to hear. It doesn't have to feel like suffering. It doesn't have to feel like a daily battle. It shouldn't feel like a war. It's a privilege to be in a body. But sometimes we have to reclaim that privilege and reclaim that this is a really cool thing to do, is to be a human in a body. Absolutely. How can uh, we shift societal? Because, I mean, you mentioned this uh, 70 billion uh, industry uh, yes. that obviously is uh, fighting uh, against us. Uh, how can we rewrite the narrative, the societal narrative around this topic, and in particular, what men can do? Because obviously, uh, a big part of the work has to be done by women uh, with themselves. But yep. do men also have a role to play in reshaping that yes. narrative? Yeah, we all do. We all do. And one is going, wow, that's diet culture. That's the easiest is just to start being like, wow, they're selling weight loss. Wow, they're selling beauty ideal, right? Wow, they're selling this idea that women shouldn't age. Wow, they're just naming it to start with, right? Calling it out and being like, I don't buy that. And being vocal about the reality that this onslaught of how we should look, this body idealization, is actually a lot of BS, right? Just really saying it, wow, that's toxic messaging. Because the more we say it out loud to the people around us, we'll go, oh yeah, that's ridiculous. Right, it's just not true, it's not real life. Nina, when we start with all this uh, uh, body shaming, we create a lot of emotions that are not really helpful. How important is to get, let them go? And in particular, what do you think about forgiveness as a, a way of self-forgiveness in this case, to let go of these uh, negative emotions, accepting what it is and create this uh, really compassionate way of talking with our bodies? Yeah. So there's a piece that I often see needs to happen before forgiveness. And that is a piece of understanding, right? When people say, well, you know, I've always been binge eating. I've always been secret eating. I've always been, um, you know, nibbling in the night or waking up in the night or eating or, or whatever, whatever the unwanted eating behavior is. We can't quite jump to forgiveness. The first piece there is to see it and then to understand. This is us trying to cope with life, right? to really get that all of our unwanted eating is our need to cope. Oh my gosh, I've got this, I'm flooded 
with painful feelings. Let me eat this bag of cookies and I will not feel anything. I'll go numb, right? Oh my gosh, this, you know, I walked into this social setting and it was so hard socially that I just nibbled everything on the buffet and then I felt terrible, right? Before we can just go and forgive, we go, oh, you are coping with difficult feeling. And then once we can come walk into it from that place of understanding that as human beings, we're always trying to do our best, even if it shows up in ways that are hard and not how we'd like to show up, is to be like, oh, of course, I understand that. And now I can open the door to, you know, I totally get it and I forgive you. I really understand that. And I can soften into the forgiveness. And that does help us build that compassionate relationship. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much. Nina, I am aware of the time and I would like to come back on you before we close this conversation. What are you working right now? What you would like to share with us? Yes. So um, in fall 2023, I have a very powerful program, my Compassionate Eating uh, course is coming up. Um, and that's a three-week program to really dive into how do we shift that relationship with food to be one that's really based in compassion and not management. Um, I also have a wonderful year-long program called Body Peacekeepers for people who are really ready to do that deep work. Um, and for those of you who really just want to get a start on your body peace path but not sure where, the best place is to pick up that journal, that Practicing Body Peace journal at either ninamanelson.com, which is a little hard to spell. So Body Peace with Nina, all one word, bodypeacewithnina.com will bring you to my website and you can connect with me there. And I am really passionate about helping women change the relationship with their food and body so that they can do the things that are really, truly important them and make the kind of impact in the world that they want to make. Fantastic. And as always, we will put all the links in the description of today's episode. Very final question. If there was one take-home message that you would love everybody to remember from this conversation, what that would be? Um, is that you are having a relationship with your body and you get to determine what kind of relationship that is. That is so beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, I hope that this episode has provided insights and inspiration on how important it is to rewrite the narrative, cultivating self-acceptance and empowerment, and also a profound appreciation for the beauty that exists within us at every stage of our journey. And I want to leave you with a quote from Betty Friedan, who said, aging is not lost youth, but a new stage of opportunity and strength. Nina, thank you so much for being with us for the past hour and accepting our invitation and sharing so much about yourself and the work you do. Thank you. Very much appreciate Thank you so much, Rosanna. Thank you. Well, we would love to know what you think about this topic. Do you experience body stress? If so, you will find so much in this episode to challenge your current views and put you on a path to achieve body peace. But as always, if you have questions that perhaps we didn't address today, let us know, get in touch. We will strive to seek those answers for you. Also, don't forget to check Nina's website and to follow her on social media. You will find all the links in the description of today's episode. 
Join me next time when we will continue exploring inspiring and challenging situations. Because remember, we are together in this journey. Remember, forgiveness is like a muscle. The more you practice, the stronger and more effective it becomes. If you haven't done it yet, you can subscribe by clicking the subscribe button below. If you know anybody who could benefit from the topics discussed in this show, do some good and share the link with them. If you have a story that you want to share with us, comments or suggestions on topics you would like to be explored, send me an email at forgiventrive at gmail.com. Reviews will also be very much appreciated. And with this, it's a wrap. Till next time, thank you and goodbye.